month and it's going to be an amazing and amazing month we have some amazing speakers coming up and tonight um, is not any different uh, we have Pastor Langa who's going to be joining us in a little bit but before we even get there the, um, the slogan that we share every single month every single, almost every single service not now walking across the room leaving the camera guys <laughs> Like, seriously. But anyway, yes, slow, youth month. Is that we, not we exist, but we call to change the campus. Change the world. We call to change the campus, change the world. I want to read something that, um, that, we, uh, that I shared with the leader, the Connect Group leaders yesterday, in terms of what we believe in God for uh, this coming month. Um, the title for this, for this month, the, different, the series that we'll be getting into is, You're Never Too Young to Change the World. And through our scripture, one of the things that we see a lot is God using young people to bring the kind of change um, that is calling us to bring. One of my favorite scriptures is Jeremiah 1, where God says to Jeremiah, do not say I am only a youth. Say what I tell you to say. I've called you to be a prophet. And I believe that this is the same calling that many young people uh, in this nation have uh, from God. We don't believe that young people are the leaders of tomorrow. We believe that young people are the leaders of today. We are called to lead today. You are not a leader in training. Yes, you are training, but you are training on the job. God is calling you to lead now, even as you are, um, now, even as you are on campus. Don't wait until you graduate um, to start uh, putting into putting into practicals, into practical, <laughs> putting into practice the principles of leadership. Maybe it is cold. <laughs> Maybe it is cold. Um, but God has called you to lead now. But where do you start as a young person? How do you apply yourself in such a way that you're not a part of the problem? But what about the problems that you're facing now? What about today's exam, Tuesday's exam, or tomorrow's test, or whatever it is? Um, what if you feel like you're not outspoken? Um, you don't know enough, or you're not good enough. God has called you as you are to be able to make a difference in this world. All right. So now I'm going to add Pastor Langa as I introduce him. Um, he said he's logging in from a different account um, to what I had. So if you guys are going to be expecting uh, people singing and harmonizing, that will not be happening. <laughs> from the account that he'll be logging in from, Pastor Langa. Welcome, welcome, Pastor Langa. <laughs> Hello, Pastor Neo. How are you? <laughs> I am well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good, 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 good. Uh, we shared your bio. Uh, on our Instagram page, so we won't be spending much time telling the people who you are. And it's not like people don't know you anyway. I mean, seriously. <laughs> but the one thing that some people might not know, um, as we have we actually have UJ students here with us tonight, Pastor Langa used to be a campus director at UJ, and he did an amazing job when he was there in terms of leading people to the Lord, discipling people. I mean, one of the people that he discipled is actually the current campus director um, at UJ, which is Luella Rampona. So, Pastor Landa is not coming in as a guest. <laughs> He's coming in as a son in the house, and I'm the father, I'm kidding. He's coming in as the son in the house um, to share the word with us tonight. All right, and before we go into the word, Pastor Langa, I want to ask you a very spiritual question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, I think your network is a little bit sketchy. Okay, you're fine. I saw you playing, so I think it's, not, it's back now. Um, Pastor Langa is a general. Yes, Pastor Carol. <laughs> um, the spiritual question that I want to ask to just check if you've been spending time with the Lord. Um, do you have your inkomasi, when you have it with, with, with pap, do you put sugar or not? Uh, a little bit of sugar. A little bit of sugar. Okay, you're slightly spiritual. Okay, that's fine then. 
All right, guys. So let's put our hands together for Pastor Langa as he gets into the word tonight. Do I just jump in, Pastor Neo? Just jump in, Pastor Langa. <laughs> I see a bong. I see a bong. Thank you so much, uh, Vitsi. Thank you so much for having me, uh, Pastor Neo. Thank you for inviting me to share the word. It is Youth Month. Uh, it used to be my month. It no longer is. I have, I have no crossed way. over. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, someone did say. Sorry, I see that we don't have ngomazi with pap. Uh, we eat it with putu. Upotu. Because no, pap. because you guys come from a you come from a key conference. I mean, a key uh, province. That's right. <laughs> different provinces eat key. differently. <laughs> Very, very much key, that province. Yeah, we don't yes. do this, this Josie pub thing. Um, anyway, uh, just a thought I, I wanted to share with, uh, with the, uh, the youth uh, month theme um, around changing the world. Uh, seeing I, I have been a youth, I have uh, crossed over into my uh, adulting, adulting. Um, and uh, so really kind of just journeyed with this and just had some thoughts around what changing the world kind of looks like. And, uh, and I've, I've come to a simple conclusion, and this probably doesn't sound like super dramatic or amazing, mm -hmm. but changing the world requires two simple things. One is loving God come with on. all your heart, with all come on. Uh, your soul, with all your strength. Uh, and then the second part is just obeying whatever it is that God says you should do. I'm, so I'm pretty convinced that if anyone kind of hangs on to those two things, that sure. what, in whatever it is that you do, you will change the world. Come on. Uh, God knows the state of the world, and it is mm -hmm. God that knows what or how to redeem and restore and change the world. Mm. And, uh, and he happens to use us as his people to do that. But if we could just do those two simple things, is just love him with everything that we have and obey him in everything that we do. Uh, those two things. It's no matter where you are, whether you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you're a student, you're a mother, you're whatever it is. If you can just do those two things, you will change the world. Because God knows the state of the world. And God knows yeah. what needs changing and how it should be changed. And so he gives us those instructions. So I wanted to, to kind of uh, go through a few scriptures so that we can grasp this concept, this very simple concept, uh, beginning with, uh, if you've been in every nation long enough, you've come across Matthew 28. Right. Uh, and <laughs> go, go to all nations and make disciples of mm -hmm. all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And that's what, sure. that's what Jesus said. So Jesus is speaking to his, his followers, his disciples, who already love him, and he gives them the instruction to obey his commandments. Firstly, they need to obey his commandments, and then they need to make disciples and teach others to obey his commandments. And, uh, and we are here today... Uh, centuries later, 2,000 plus years later, because they did that. Um, a couple of guys in Jerusalem simply obeyed what God told them to do, and we are here, P2020, 
people as part of the nations all over the world uh, logging in and sharing this gospel that they heard and they received at that time. So uh, as a result of their obedience, they changed the world. And we are part of that change in the world that they brought about. So, again, so backtrack now in John, uh, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says uh, uh, in John 15, verse 4, uh, it reads, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Uh, that's one of those things I think we need to just grasp, is that actually Jesus is saying, apart from him, we can do nothing. Like, mm. like that needs to sink in, that apart from Jesus, even if it's a good something that we're busy with, if it's apart from Jesus, it's nothing. We are doing nothing. Um, sure. and, and the emphasis in this particular scripture is that we're called to bear fruit, right? Uh, yeah. In verse 8, then he continues to say, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So he says, what, what proves that we are Jesus' disciples? By bearing fruit. And what does the fruit do? The fruit glorifies the Father. And, uh, and then he, and what I love about Jesus, he doesn't give us, he doesn't leave us hanging here. He gives us instruction on what it is to abide in him. I think often we've gotten this idea of what, of what to, of, to, of abiding in Jesus, meaning that we kind of sit there in the Zen state and we just like, um, Jesus, um, Jesus. <laughs> That could be a song longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's kind of, we kind of get this idea of maybe it's, um, it's quiet time. You know, maybe spend time with mm. Jesus, quiet time. That's mm. what it means to abide in Jesus. And, and yes, that, that does mean to, to hang out with Jesus, to abide in Jesus. But, but Jesus tells us here in verse 9 of, of John 15, and says, If you keep, so he says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide yeah. in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will yeah. abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. So He gives us that instruction that to abide in Jesus means to obey His commandments. Because He also mm -hmm. obeyed the commandments of His Father. So again, it goes back to this very simple thing of love God, obey His commandments. And mm -hmm. in doing so, we will bear fruit. And Jesus says, bear fruit to the glory of the Father. So that's what we're sure. here to do. We're here as people to bear fruit. And we bear fruit by loving Jesus and obeying his commandments. And again, it's, it's those simple things. So, so here's the thing, even with success, is that as people, we need to define success by biblical, with biblical parameters. Um, mm -hmm. And apply God's value system to our value system. Uh, and so, again, I think in the world we define success by, okay, if I climb the corporate ladder, if I become a CEO, if I become a, um, you know, on the bar, if I do something like massive and big, and then therefore God 
is with me and therefore I am doing great things for the Lord. But in actual fact, as we see here in the scripture, uh, what God values is that we bear fruit. That's, that's what God, so we need to uh, structure our, our lives in such a way that we can bear fruit. And, and bearing fruit can, can look different. So it doesn't mean you are a powerful person in the nation. You could be a housewife. You could be a carpenter somewhere. You could be whatever it yeah. is. As long as you're loving Jesus and you're obeying his commandments, you're bearing yeah. fruit. God is like, man, that's my son. That's my daughter. That's what I want. Sure. So we need to, you know, rethink what success is and align it to what we sure. see in Scripture. So, sure. so that, again, that we are, we are bearing fruit because that is what glorifies God. Businesses don't sure. necessarily glorify God. Uh, great songs, uh, great accomplishments don't necessarily glorify God, but we know bearing fruit glorifies God, according to the Scripture. Sure. Okay, we got to backtrack again. It's it's it'll it'll never be a longer teaching without the Old Testament. That's right. <laughs> so, I was waiting. <laughs> yeah. So again, like it, it goes back to this thing. So when you think of a guy like Solomon, right? Solomon mm. uh, was one of the, I guess, considered one of the the greatest kings of of Israel. Uh, Solomon in his time had the most. Uh, the biggest army, the most, the most chariots. The chariots in those times, like the equivalent of buying tanks. You know, like tanks, I'm up all You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like that. So he had the most. He had uh, the most money in the, in the known wor world at that particular time. And uh, sure. he had uh, 300 wives and 700 concubines. And... And, uh, and that, that, that had nothing to do, Solomon wasn't like a pimp, okay? It, was, it had to do with uh, relations uh, with uh, other nations. So when people wanted peace, you would send your daughter to marry the, the neighboring nation's son. And therefore, you'd have these alliances uh, between, you know, the nations. Then they would leave you alone. Kind of like the Zulus and the, and the Swatis, you know? That, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and so, so basically Solomon, because of that, his power, his access to power, his access to resources and all this stuff, Solomon had access to everything and he could do everything. Sure. And uh, so he followed God's commandments and there was a point where he actually ended up moving away from uh, uh, God's commandments and where he, he basically just went and he tried everything in this world. And in actual fact, at a part, he, in Ecclesiastes, he writes that I denied myself no pleasure. Uh, and very few people in this world can say, I denied myself yes. <laughs> no pleasure. You know, some of us... He had the budget. <laughs> some of us finances, did, did, uh, you know, are a, you know, a blockage to us. <laughs> Even if we wanted to, we couldn't because we're just broke like yeah. that. But, yeah. uh, but Solomon basically had access to everything. And, um, and so Solomon, uh, and, and the book of Ecclesiastes is like his response to kind of uh, his journey of experiencing everything he could, uh, everything life could offer, all good mm. and bad things. Um, and at the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, he comes, so again, mind you, this is someone that's tried everything pretty much everything in the world. Uh, 
the things that Solomon did, probably all of us in one room would never have had the chance to experience. So this guy has done it to the nth degree, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so Solomon's final words in Ecclesiastes are this. This is Ecclesiastes 12, uh, 13. He says, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Sure. So at the end of everything this guy has done, he says, listen, guys, the conclusion is fear God or love God and obey his commandments, for this is what man sure. is here for, you know? Sure. And uh, so this is, this is, again, like I said, for me, this has become very simple, a very simple thing. It's just love God, obey his commandments. And, uh, and you'll do awesome things because you'll be bearing fruit to the glory of God. And there's nothing greater than bearing fruit to the glory of God. And uh, so where, where this actually all started from is uh, Deuteronomy 6, where this particular idea of loving God and obeying his commandments come from. So the, the children of Israel are, have just come out of Egypt and they're about to enter into the promised land and God gives him uh, gives them his commandments. And, uh, and he begins to, to speak these commandments to them. And there's this particular prayer, which is probably the most famous Hebrew or Jewish prayer. It's called the Shema. And uh, this is something that's prayed every morning, every evening in the Jewish culture or by Messianics. And, uh, and this is what God speaks to the children of Israel. So this is my final scripture. And he says, this is uh, Deuteronomy 6 verse 4. And it says, hear, O Israel, in, in Hebrew, it's Shema Israel. Uh, uh, and it says, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Then it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall, shall be on your heart. And so right then and there is where we get that first commandment that goes out that says, uh, hear, O Israel, and, and that hear, hear, O Israel, or Shema, means hear and obey. Hear and obey. And firstly, that the Lord is one, that there is only one God. And then secondly, then it says, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your uh, mm -hmm. soul, and with all your strength. And God tells him that, listen, it will all be well with you if you just obey my commandments. Sure. If you just obey my, if you just love me, your heart is for me, your desires are for me, and you yeah, just yeah. obey my, my commandments. And, uh, and yeah. that's the key to success. That's the key. That's from God's mouth himself saying, listen, this mm. is what I want. This is how you'll bear fruit. This is how you'll be successful. And again, defining success through God's eyes, not defining success through the world's eyes. Uh, mm. Through God's standard, it's about loving him and obeying his commandments. That's what a, a successful disciple is. That's what a successful child of God is. And so uh, just that particular thing is just a foundational thought um, ar around that. Um, and then just a, 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 an additional thought to this. What I love about God, again, is that he doesn't leave us guessing. He gives us instruction. So God says, hey, listen, love me with all your heart and then obey my commandments. And then he gives them instructions on how they can keep his commandments. Because that's, mm. the, that's the challenge that we have as humans, is that we get instruction, but then we kind of forget. Um, 
we forget how to keep, we forget and we move away from obedience. So God gives them the instruction. And, he, and then I'm, I'm reading further on. Um, in uh, verse 7, it says, You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And so God gives them instructions and he says, listen, I'm going to give you these commandments. Now, I want you to make them a part of your life. Like, let my commandments be in every part of your life. So he says, listen, teach them to your children. Like, when you wake up, tell your children of, your, of my commandments. When you walk with them, tell your, your children about your commandments. When you sit down at the dinner table, tell your children about my commandments. So that they're constantly hearing what God's commandments are and what it is that they're called to obey. Then they say, also, write them on the doorposts of your homes. Um, and so what, what uh, like, like Jews do, they actually have the commandments written out and then they'll put it, uh, it's called a mezuzah. They'll put it on the doorposts of their home. So if you ever visit like a Jewish home, you'll find this little metal thing on the, on, the, on the door. And the point of that is so that when you're entering your home, you're reminded of God's commandments. You're reminded, hey, in my home, I need to obey God's commandments. And when you also leave your home and you're going to work, you're supposed to be reminded that wherever I go, I need to go and be one that obey God, obeys God's commandments where, where, when I'm in the office place. Um, and, and so God gives them all these commandments and instructions to help them. And they begin, they, they're all grafted into their very lives. Um, mm. So one of the things that they have is on their clothing, God tells them to wear tassels or they're called tzitzit. And have you ever seen like an Orthodox Jewish man, they've got like this thing that, uh, that dangles below uh, these like fringes uh, yeah, below yeah. Their, 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 their pants. And so God instructs them also wear those things because those things represent God's commandments. And so mm -hmm. it's like uh, you, I would liken it to um, like, remember those, what would Jesus do bracelets? That people used to wear back in the day. I don't know. I don't think people do it anymore. <laughs> the, the people but, who logged into that have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but there were these bracelets that, that were written, you know, WWJD, uh, WWJD, yeah. which meant what would Jesus do, you know? Yeah. And, and basically, whenever you, you came across someone that wore that, what would Jesus do bracelet, you were like, okay, that's a Christian. And, yes, and you, had, yeah. you had an expectation on how they should behave because they, yes. were, they were Christian, right? And so yeah. if you yourself also wore that what would Jesus do bracelet, uh, you would be careful what you were saying or where you would yes. be. You wouldn't be in the club, you know? <laughs> your, what would Jesus do bracelet, you know? Because <laughs> people are like, hey, Jesus wouldn't be here, you know, wouldn't be jiving like... Oh, there like, was a the fish... Like, <laughs> there was the fish on the cars as well. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, so again, like this was like a practical thing that people would wear mm -hmm. on a daily basis to help remind them of sure. God's commandments so that they could obey God's commandments. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and mm -hmm. so for us, it's in, in the same way, it's so that we transition from God's word and God's commandments being information 
to where they, it becomes formation, where it actually forms mm. and shapes us. Um, mm. Because if we're surrounded by God's word and God's instruction all the time, we can then know how to respond and how to act according to God's word. And in mm. so doing, we end up bearing fruit and fruit to the glory of, of the Father. And so again, guys, I'm, I'm convinced that if we can just cling to that, it's just loving God with everything that we have mm. and, uh, and simply obeying his commandments that, man, we will mm. see success uh, in heaven's eyes. We will see success, mm. we'll bear fruit uh, to the glory of the Father in a way that we could, in a way that it doesn't matter what we are doing. It doesn't matter what vocation mm. we're in. Um, yeah. Because I know some people that are listening now, maybe you're studying accounting, but you probably won't end up going in there, into that field. Yeah. But even in that field, yeah. you still need to bear fruit to the glory of the Father. Um, so, so we can just cling into to those two things. I'm convinced, man, that, that uh, we will change the world in ways that we could never, we could never imagine. Sure. That is, that is so cool. That is so good. I want to ask something. Um, so guys, if you have, um, um, if you have questions uh, in the last nine minutes, please pop them in the uh, comment section. But I wanted to ask you to just double click a little bit on the formation, uh, the spiritual formation that you mentioned. Because um, uh, I think I, I was reading a scripture yesterday where Jesus said, uh, referring to the enemy, referring to the devil, and saying that he has no hold in me, you know, and I think that speaks of that, 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 that formation, that there is so much God in me, there's so much God that is formed in me, that the enemy yeah. has no hold in me. Um, I mean, uh, um, Paul, uh, speaking about discipleship, says that it's when Christ is formed in us. Um, so I just want to just double click a little bit on that for somebody who's logged in saying that, yes, I want to change the world, but how do I do it in such a way that the world doesn't end up changing me? So I missed the, I didn't hear the last question, the last bit of your question. They said it's good. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, <laughs> so the last part of the question said that um, for the person that's logged in saying that, yes, I want to change the world. I hear that I'm never too young to change the world. But how do I approach the topic of changing the world in such a way that the world out there does not change the world in here? Um, how, 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 how to double click on that uh, in the context of Christ being formed in us, that's formation that you touched, you touched on earlier on. Yeah. So, so with that, uh, that Deuteronomy 6, that Shema, it, it begins, it says, uh, Hear, o Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord is one. So the very, the very start of it is that God is speaking to his people. He's saying, listen, you must know that there's one God and that he is mm. God overall. Mm. That there, there, there are no other gods above him or close to him or rivals. So, so we need to start then understanding that our God is the one true God and there's no no God uh, greater, greater than him. So just start with that already. Um, I, uh, uh, someone that discipled me on campus, Jide. Uh, Jide uh, was, a, Pastor Jide uh, is a Nigerian. And he always had the saying, when, when power meets power, the lesser power must submit. Come on. <laughs> that sounds like Pastor Ola Jide. <laughs> You know, when power meets power, you know, the lesser power mm. must submit. And, um, mm. and, and, uh, and so when, when we understand that we serve the one true God, we must know that when we obey him, that his word, his kingdom is greater than any other kingdom that could function on this world. So mm. if there's ever a clash of powers between kingdoms, that God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven will always prevail. 
no matter what, mm. no matter what happens. And so if we mm. could surround ourselves with the things of the kingdom, we will always prevail. No matter how dark it may seem, no matter how outnumbered you may be, God's kingdom, as it says in Hebrews, is a, is a kingdom that will never fail. It's an eternal yeah. kingdom. It, it's, it's a kingdom that will always be there. It will, it, in actual fact, it's forever growing. And, mm. uh, and so, so I would say to that person, is surround yourself with God's, uh, with God's law, God's people, um, and, so and that will enable you to overcome anything that you are dealing with within this world. Because again, you're, you're working from, you're starting from a place of power. You're starting from a place of supremacy in that God is supreme over all. Um, that's, I think that's a, that's a big part, part of it. Um, yeah. And then in, in terms of, of formation, it's, you know, like sometimes I think we over-spiritualize things. Mm. But again, if we just follow God's, and what I love about God's law and God's ways, they're very practical. I think sometimes mm. we just make everything like super spiritual and like it's unattainable. But God speaks to yeah. people that live in a world. You know, mm -hmm. in a physical space that deal with physical mm -hmm. things, and God speaks to that. So, so, so I'll give you an example. I remember when when I got to UJ, I was uh, my twenty twenty or so, and uh, and I had just come to the Lord. And one of my one of my biggest struggles was uh, uh, ladies. You know, before coming, you know, I was like, God, you know what? Many things I can stop. Uh, the drinking, <laughs> drinking, smoking, misbehaving, things like that. But like I struggled with ladies. I just, I just, it was an issue, you know. And, um, and part of it was that I, my interactions with, with ladies was always in a romantic sense. <laughs> you know, so whenever I saw a lady, it was like, okay, when is it going to happen? Or how is it going to happen? It was never like, hey... Yeah. This is just a lady and it's just a, yeah. you know, and, and the thing is the people I surrounded myself with were of the same mind mm -hmm. uh, before I got to UJ. Then I got to UJ and I got into a discipleship connect and a group. Mm -hmm. And it was for the first time there, one, I'd seen men that were celibate, men that mm -hmm. were virgins in, at, at university and men that actually celebrated uh, walking in purity and that was something for me that had never existed in my world yeah and so prior to going there i thought that it was impossible for anyone in their youth to walk in purity uh to stay celibate uh and sure. to and, and like for me the idea of being uh waiting until marriage was like a movie thing mm -hmm. you know it, it didn't exist ex especially for black people <laughs> and uh, and uh, so it was only then when I saw it uh, displayed before me, and mm. I saw it saw it modeled before me, where my mind began to be renewed, and mm. where I could see what I what I read in Scripture actually lived out, and that mm. and that was because I was in community of people that actually lived out God's word. And as a result, my mind was able to be shifted and renewed to align to God's word mm. to the point where I could now have female friends without, you know, wanting to sneak into DMs and things like that. 
Yes. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but, but it's just, again, a practical way of just surrounding yourself with God's things and yeah. God's word. Uh, so it's yeah. more than just reading the scriptures, but it's about yeah. surrounding yourself practically with, with God's word and seeing God's word yeah. lived around you. And, and that's where the transformation um, uh, happens. Yeah. There's a question that I'm going to add together with my final question for the night. Um, so, uh, so for some of you who logged in who know Pastor Langa, you know that he's part of a very small band that's not known by many people. I'm kidding. You know that Pastor Langa is part of uh, uh, the creative director of New Worship um, and the leader of the band. Um, and uh, one of the things that New um, Worship has been able to do is take the gospel outside of the walls of the church, the four walls of the church. I mean, you guys have gone to so many different platforms. Um, I remember there's a video that I still have of you guys singing at the Summer Awards. <laughs> you know? um, so somebody asked a question earlier on in terms of how do we share the gospel with our lost brothers and sisters? Um, just as you close, could you share from your personal life um, in terms of ways that you have uh, sought to share the gospel outside of uh, with, with those who don't know God yet, um, whether on a big scale or on a small scale? Uh, I think, you know, when it, when it comes to sharing the gospel, is just look, look at who is around you. Um, oh, you look at who's, who's around you, who's in your classroom, who's in your res, uh, who's in your mm. apartment block, who's, who's next to you. Mm. Um, I, I think it's often we, we speak about sharing the gospel and people think, oh, I need to be a missionary and go somewhere. Um, yeah. I need to stand on a street corner uh, with my yeah. boombox and my microphone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. just look at, look at who's around you. Look at who's around you yeah. and, uh, and pray. Pray uh, that God would uh, give you opportunities to share the gospel with them. Uh, mm. You know, a, a big part of sharing the gospel is, one, believing that the gospel is good news. Um, you know, really just actually for yourself as a believer, recognizing that is, you know, it's, it, it actually is good news. And therefore, if, it, yeah. if you really believe it's good news, then it's worth sharing. Um, but if you don't have that conviction, it will make it a lot more difficult for you to share the gospel. So I think for yourself, we, we need to have a personal uh, understanding and a grasp of the gospel. Uh, because it truly is good news. And when we truly grasp the, that it's good news, then we will want to share it with other, with, uh, with other people around us. And again, it's not, it's, uh, it's one, it's ours, our job is to share the gospel. It's the job of the Holy Spirit to, to call people to salvation. Um, often I think we, one of the challenges with sharing the gospel is that we think that it is us that that saves. Uh, mm. And so we get so wound up on how we share the gospel. Um, and I'm not saying it's not important how we share the gospel, but we, we must realize that, that we are vessels of God, that, you know, mm. people that God uses to bring people to salvation. Uh, we are not the mm. ones that save. Our job is just to share the good news with people and yeah. give people that opportunity to say yes or no. And it's by God's yeah. spirit that people receive, you know, respond to the Lord. But it's just for us yeah. just to be faithful in that. Like, like I said at the beginning, guys, love God, obey his commandments. One of his commandments is mm -hmm. like, go, 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 go tell people about Jesus. Share the started. gospel. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. So the scripture you started with uh, tonight. 
Yeah, and, and look, guys, it's, and, and you're sharing the gospel, uh, your success in sharing the gospel isn't measured by how many people come to faith. Your, your success in sharing the gospel is that you have shared the gospel and you've been obedient to the so Father. Good. So good. That's, that's really it. And so for us, that, that should be our delight. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, God, how yeah. can I just obey you and leave the result to you? Uh, because yeah. I don't do the saving. My job is to do your bidding, to, to do as you have commanded me to say. So, um, so I, I would encourage people, just take that, that weight off. Um, take that weight off. I know we want to testify at, at church. Hey, I shared the gospel with my neighbor and my neighbor <laughs> came to the Lord. But guys, the reality is, you know, it doesn't always happen that way. You know, yeah, it doesn't always yeah, happen. So Our is yeah. to share the gospel and, uh, and yeah. trust God with that, with that, with that result. And, um, and again, and, and I think the father is pleased in that simply because we are obeying what he has asked us to do. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pastor Langa. Please pray for us and let's call it a night. Thank you, everybody, for logging in. Uh, Pastor Langa. Oh, thank you, Father. We bless you, Adonai. There is no other God uh, beside mm. you. Um, what a joy to serve you. Uh, thank you that you have redeemed us so that we could worship you. Um, so thank you, God, that you've given us uh, your spirit Thank you, God, that you teach us and you help us to love you better every day. Mm -hmm. um, so we pray, God, that uh, we would structure our lives in a way that our affections would always be on you. Uh, give us the discipline to be able to cut out things that pull us away from you, mm -hmm. whether it's mm -hmm. funny series or is it series or mm -hmm. series? Anyway, yeah. uh, series, whatever it is, things that we're watching, things that we're listening to, anything that would move yeah. our affections away yes. from you. I pray we would have the discipline to cut that out and, and to put up things in our lives that point us to you. Lord, I pray that you bring around every single one, every single person listening here, people that would point them to Jesus, people that would help them uh, love Jesus more, know Jesus more, mm -hmm. and uh, display the love of God more. And Lord, I pray uh, for more of your spirit, you've given us your spirit so that we could be witnesses of you uh, yes. from our neighbors uh, to our hoods to the ends of the world. And so we pray, God, that we would have that courage to step out and partner with your spirit as we share the gospel. And we thank you, God, that it is your kingdom um, and you are king and you reign over mm -hmm. all. And, uh, and we get to just submit and to serve an amazing, wonderful, powerful, loving king. Um, like you, Jesus. So we bless your name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Pastor Langa. Um, if you've logged in and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you'd love to get born again, to get saved, if you'd love uh, for that transformation that Pastor Langa spoke about, please send us a DM. We would love to pray with you. We'd love to give you what the next steps would be after praying that prayer so that you can be able to stay in the Lord. Uh, so please send us a direct message and we'll get a hold of you um, as soon as we get it. Awesome. Thank you very much, everybody, and have a good night, Pastor Langa. Good night, Vitsis. Chop, chop.